You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And thank you for staying with us this morning on Real Presence Live. Such a wonderful way to start the morning. Our first segment, talking about the Blessed Mother and her apparition there in Champion, Wisconsin. A beautiful way to start the day. Uh, as, uh, what is that, the Sunrise Morning Show? A better way to start your day, right? And what better way to start than with our Blessed Mother? Our next guest, uh, as I kind of teased before the break, that's a little showbiz talk uh, for all of our listeners out there. We call those teases um, to tease you to stay with us through the break. Um, we have a gentleman who is going to talk to us about little baby ducks and uh, the apostolate, spreading the gospel. So our next guest, guest sorry, <laughs> our next guest is John Kahn's. Uh Thanks for joining us, John. Well, hi, thanks for inviting me. Can you tell our listeners uh, just a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. I am, uh, I guess I, I'm a, a husband and a father and a son of the Lord. Uh, I've got two kids, and I, I guess just a little forewarning, I do have a sick kid at home with me today, too. So you might hear the sounds of cocoa melon drifting through, kind of lulling you. <laughs> and um, and who, who knows, he might even make a debut if he gets curious. So um, <laughs> just stick with us. But yeah, I'm, I'm a husband and father. Uh, I'm also a Catholic ministry professional here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I work at St. Catherine Drexel Catholic Church in Sioux Falls. And, um, yeah, other than that, I, you know, I'm kind of an amateur, I guess, blogger and, uh, well, a professional musician and speaker and all those fun things, too, that come with that. And the reason we uh, have you on this morning, other than that you're an amazing person, obviously, um, <laughs> is... Uh, because people might have read uh, your thought-provoking article in the most recent edition of the Bishop's Bulletin, which is kind of the diocesan uh, newsletter, bulletin, uh, whatever you'd like to call it, for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of honored to be asked, and it's just an idea. I was kind of teasing out for a while now, um, just thinking about, you know, I, I guess a long time ago, when I was in college, my my uh, advisors, as I was signing up for classes and, and as I was getting my theology degree, they always gave me a hard time because I was um, I, I could understand the deep theological things, but I always wanted to talk on a you know more practical level. Like, what what does this mean? Okay, how does how do I use this in my life to get to hear the voice of God and, and grow in relationship and intimacy with Him? And um, I I had heard. A while back, or read somewhere in an article that if, if you really wanted to be have mastery of something and pass it on, you need to be able to take the information and share it in a way that you could explain it to a to a fifth grader or a five year old. And I just thought, well, <laughs> I, that, that kind of fits my intelligence level. So let's try and boil it down to that level. So I'm, I'm always looking for those practical things that that might inspire people. So I'm glad that one that kind of hit home, and it's something that for my own use, you know, to try and understand my relationship and the call on my life. Right, and that makes a lot of sense. And the the image that you used to kind of kick us off in this article was an incubator. How did Mm -hmm. that, why did that specific image come to mind? Uh, You know, yeah, I've always been interested in, uh, it actually kind of started from the business side of things. Um, You know, I've got my, my MBA and I was, kind of considered going into more of the business route when I was in college, and, and I just 
as I've gone into professional ministry, I realize there's a desire on my heart to use the, the practical kind of business ideas to help the church share the message of the gospel um, in maybe sometimes a more effective or more efficient way. Mm. And, and I'm just really passionate about using some of those principles just to clarify my message um, as, as, as I'm trying to share Christ with others. And so it started with this idea of um, apostolates, and I really think that's been percolating in my mind just because of the bishop's vision that, that he's kind of laid out for the diocese, and, you know, to be Catholic missionary, lifelong Catholic missionary disciples, right? And um, so what does that mean, and how do we how do we cultivate that then? And as, a, as someone who works in a parish, and we've got, you know, hundreds of families in our parish, you know, how do we do it in such a way that we can help individuals to grow their own apostolates and their own missions? So it, it, it all started from there, and as I was kind of praying about it and thinking about it and fleshing it out, I said, well, it's not, it's less a business thing, you know, when it gets to the personal level, but it's really about helping life to flourish. Mm. You know, so a business incubator just sets up whatever culture is needed to help a business flourish in the same way mm-hmm. when we're talking about Christ and the life that He desires to give to us. We need something that helps life to flourish, and it just brought this, this image of this incubator from, you know, a couple decades ago sitting on the farm and just <laughs> sitting around and waiting for something to happen, thinking this is real exciting. You know, and several days later, realizing nothing was happening, but all the while, underneath and within the eggs, um, life was flourishing. You know, it was actually it was happening. We just couldn't perceive it, and it just really spoke to the mystery that that we enter into as a faith and trying to flesh out both a, both a God who is who make his desires to share himself and make himself tangible and and present in the sacraments to make himself um, discernible and. and and sensible <laughs> in the sacrament, mm-hmm. um, but also mixed with this reality that that there's just still something unseen that is working, and, and sometimes, and especially when we don't necessarily see it or perceive it. Right. We all like to be uh, men and women of action. We look at the saints and the great things they did, right? The places they went, mm-hmm. the people they preached to, the miracles they worked, things like that. But is that uh, you know, sort of extreme action, is that what God is calling us to do all of the time? Yeah, well, no, I, yeah, I would say um, on some level we're, we're called uh, well, we're called to abide, right? When we look at the Scripture, mm-hmm. um, the Spirit is what, you know, we, it taps us into kind of that mission of, of God, but before we do that, we, we need to abide, we need to be filled up, you know, we need to come come to the well where we're given the um, the water, so we'll never be thirsty again, you know, we'll get the rivers of living water within us. And so, um, I, if, if there is an action, it's, it's to come to the Lord and, and to sit at His feet. You know, the, the classic Mary versus Martha. Hmm. Um, just this image of Martha, Martha, who wanted to just serve and do all these things, and Mary, who just sat at the Lord's feet, right? Which, which is an action, but it's almost a passive action or a receptive action, I guess I should say. Um, and just this image of, of just being filled before we are sent. Um, but yeah, I, I get really riled up and ready to go, you know, when I think about mission and, God, what are you calling me to do? I'm ready to go. Send me, send me. But I, I need to first sit and be fed. Um, a while ago, we we went through as um, catechists and DREs, we do a weekly power hour meeting just over Zoom, mm. and we went through the soul of the apostolate. 
And that's a great book for anybody who's trying to discern what God is calling them to do in their lives. But this guy, just the, the, the author, and I his name escapes me right now, but uh, the author just says again and again and again, you have to receive from the Lord, like you have to sit and you have to pray. If you're not praying, you shouldn't go. <laughs> you know, that, mm-hmm. that really the soul of the apostolate is, is this, this passive life that receives the life of the Lord. And then from that, the impetus is um, given to be sent out. And for those curious, uh, that book, The Soul of the Apostolate, the author has an amazing French name uh, that I would not have remembered off the top of my head. <laughs> if I hadn't just used the magic of Google to find it, uh, Jean-Baptiste Chotard, uh, <laughs> C-H-A-U-T-A-R-D. For those uh, interested, because it is a very uh, important book uh, that I've heard a lot of people reference uh, as far as the apostolate. So, uh, that's, yeah, and, uh, and it kind of lines right up with what the bishop is kind of asking us as individuals to discern in our own lives. What, what is it that God wants me to do today? Like, what is what is he seeking for me to do right now? Um, I, I just think he does a good job. And I'll be honest, the first time I read it, uh, I had to put it down because I was like, well, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I, I was reading it, and I was like, well, I'm not there yet, so I guess better leave foundation first. Mm-hmm. That's uh, sometimes that's that's easy to get the you know it's it's hard to uh, take that time back. There's that a famous story I just heard someone tell it to me, and I can't remember exactly the context. But there's the story about uh, Saint Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa, and she had her nuns there in India uh, doing work, serving the poor, right, literally picking people off the street who were dying um, and nursing them back to health, and. Every day she insisted that her sisters make a holy hour. And eventually the sisters came up to her one day and said, Mother, we have all this work to do. There's all these people we have to serve. There's not enough time in the day. How can we spend an hour just sitting and praying? And Mother Teresa thought about it a second. She said, you're right. We should be spending two hours in adoration every day. Because of all the hard work we're doing, we need to spend even more time in prayer. And I think that's maybe one of the hardest things for people to hear um, in ministry or just, you know, um, just going about our daily lives as Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah this, um, you know, my experience in prayer was uh, that I, for me, the best time to pray is in the morning. And what that means is I just have to get up before my kids, because once my, you know, we've got a two-and-a-half-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So by the time they get up, there's just, there's very little quiet. <laughs> and, yep. uh <laughs> and so I have to get up earlier, but my experience is that if I get up earlier, it's not that it makes me less tired, but I just, just God makes up for it somehow. You know, he, well, it's, it's he gives life. He, he is meant to be our life. And there, there's just a mystery that surrounds that. But when we tap into that, we, we do receive those those living waters that, that are refreshing, um, and they, they do give us. That life. So yeah, I, I, just my experience is that if I actually take the time and I dedicate it to God, He He makes something of it and He makes up for it. But I do think that's one thing that holds people back is why well, I can't sacrifice another fifteen minutes of sleep or another twenty minutes right. of sleep. But the reality is, is when we do, God does something with it, and, and He just does. And it's just one of those really practical, I, I, tangible things that you can begin to experience. Um, to, to just concretize this reality of God who, who seeks to give you his life. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a good tip there out there uh, for, for parents who may not know this tip yet, <laughs> especially yeah. of young ones. It's something I had to figure out, too, um, mm-hmm. as a dad of young ones. Is sometimes you just got to get up early or stay up a little bit later to get that quiet time and that prayer time in because mm-hmm. it is essential, right? And uh, it, you will notice the difference. So um, just making that, like you said, that 15 minutes of prayer time, quiet time with the Lord can really help us as we uh, spur on into the day. We have to go to a break right now, uh, talking with John Cons right now about his article about incubating an apostolate, and we'll talk more about that article and more about uh, apostolic work uh, when we come back from the break here this morning on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. I just absolutely love Real Presence Radio. I mean, it is such a gift to this community. Um, My daughter went to uh, UND up in Grand Forks when the first radio station was coming about. There's this great Catholic radio station. And I go, I can't get it where I live. I live about an hour east of here and and kind of the hills. And we couldn't get that station. Well, then you got to come up here. So then I would kind of work my way up. Okay, where are my clients at? How how can I get across so I can start hearing this radio station more? And then I came to Fargo and I just loved it. And I... I have it on all the time. (laughs) And there isn't a day or a time I don't turn the radio on and learn something. And there's just, and I love the callers. I love when the callers call in and they ask questions because then I'm sitting there going, now how would I answer that? Now, is that how they're going to answer, respond to it? And just the different information that we're given so often. And it is, it is such a precious gift. It is such a precious gift to have this in this area. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And wonderful to have you with us this morning, this beautiful Wednesday morning. We have John Kahn's on the phone with us talking about incubating an apostolate, an article uh, that was in uh, last month's uh Bishop's Bulletin for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. You can find that online if you'd like to read it. Um, John has been talking to us about um, how sometimes we need to take time out uh, before we go forth into the world and do the active work of the apostolate, which kind of leads into the next question. Uh, We read these stories of the saints and all the 
fantastic, amazing things they did. You know, all these, you know, walk through a town and cure a million people and, you know, all this other amazing stuff they've done. Uh, so working for God and, and being active in the apostolate and following our baptismal call as Christians should always be fun and exciting and inspiring, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always thought that this whole uh, this whole church thing would have would have worked really well if there weren't so many people involved. Um, <laughs> no, I I think that um, there, you know for me it's it's a calling that that's been on my life and it's been pretty clear that that this is what God's calling me to. So there's a certain element of. If you know where you're supposed to be, if you if you know that you're where God has called you to be, that there's a, an element of peace, even when it is tough. There's um, it gives life, even when it's hard, kind of thing. Um, and I, you know, as I think about uh, if it fulfills kind of those things and those pieces, that's that's, that's good. What I will say is, is I think it ties into what we were talking about right before the break, kind of um, like this the soul of the apostolate, right? This idea that we need to be mm-hmm. first people of prayer before we become people of mission. Um, because when when you are, and I would say the thing that I really lean on the most when I'm talking even in ministry settings is we have got to get into the Bible. We have got mm-hmm. to read the Word of God. And starting specifically just with the Gospels. If you haven't if you haven't spent a lot of time reading Scripture, just start reading the Gospels. One chapter a day and just marinate over it, you know, just just sit and read it and just think about it, and over the course of the year, you'll see a difference in your life, but just this reality of, if we're reading the Gospels, if we're in the Word, right? Um, some, I, I just heard a, a speaker say that uh, when we when we pray, we talk to God. When we read Scripture, He talks to us, mm. which, you know, can be a nuanced sort of phrase, but um, if we're in Scripture, if we're hearing that voice of God, we just, we learn to recognize God, um, you know, it's just it's just you begin to recognize the the way God's voice sounds and, and just the way that it looks and feels like when He's in moving and operating around you. So, the more we're in tune with that, then I think, yeah, in these situations in, in ministry, I can look and I and I can be like, okay, God, I feel like You're here. I, I know that You're mm. here, and, and even just making more concrete the truth that He is here. Um, and I really think just steeping ourselves in the Scriptures, particularly in the Gospel, over and over and over again, um, we can tie into just that, that life, again, that He desires to give us, that, that life that is always there, and, you know, thinking about that that incubation period, the, the, the egg sitting in the incubator, again, it might not look like there's a lot going on, but we can be in touch with that, and, you know, as we learn to recognize His voice, then we can discern more of the, the spirits that are working in our lives, the poles that are on our hearts, um, you know, for example, for me, a lot of times I, I had a, uh, oh, a while back a speaker tell me that if I wanted to go into professional ministry, um, that I should really be ready because very few people are under spiritual attack or, you know, spirit, experience spiritual warfare the way that people who want to speak out publicly in the name of God do. Hmm. Right? And so there's a, there's a spiritual component of that, too, that um, I recognize that the more um, a lot of times when I'm going to go speak or something like that, I'll, I'll perceive kind of a negative feeling growing in my heart, like, oh, I don't want to do this, I'd rather just be at home with my wife and my kids, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, I, and I've learned to recognize that typically the more intense that feeling is in my heart, um, or the, the more it's trying to push in on my mind, the more 
the more that I believe God is going to work powerfully in that evening event, um, yeah. or morning event, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, kind of a big, <laughs> my my long-worded answer to your very short question is that, <laughs> is that I, I do think that, yes, it's fulfilling, that it can be life-giving. It's not always inspiring or just fun and, you know, happy-go-lucky, but but it does cultivate, um, we have the opportunity to cultivate a greater, greater awareness of how God is working in our lives. But I don't think that that's limited just to people who work in ministry either, mm-hmm. which I hope people um, took from, from the article as well. Is it, um, you know, my dad worked for the post office. We spent a lot of time in the car, and one of the things that I know he always did um, is that he, he knew his neighbors. I mean, the people he was delivering to because it was a small rural community, and if so-and-so had a broken leg or whatever, he'd just bring their mail in to them. You know, and he had this opportunity to really love people well. And I know that that was an outflowing of um, who he knew he was called to be, of, of the Christian Catholic man that he was, and what that meant for the way he was to live his life. So, yeah, again, maybe not a fun or inspiring job driving in the car eight hours a day on dusty roads, but mm. fulfilling, right? It's something that, that allows you, when, when you're aware of it and when you per- are seeking to perceive it and um, spending the time incubating your apostolate or, or incubating that um, that relationship with Christ, you know, then it does flood meaning into all the other areas of your life. Beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Absolutely right. Hit the nail on the head. Um, <laughs> kind of uh, to, like you said, uh, sort of at the start, you know, you like to make things concrete, right, and translate sort of these lofty, uh, theological, spiritual aspects into concrete ways that we can practice it in our lives. And sort of you closed out the article by mentioning three pillars, so three specific ways uh, that the saints used uh, to sort of nurture their apostolate and nurture their baptismal call. Uh, could you share those with our listeners and talk a little bit about them? Yeah, certainly. I Yeah, I, um, I, I kind of boiled it down in three ways, and... and the way I tried to set it up is that I believe they kind of build on each other. And so the, the first pillar is just prayer. Um, what we've kind of been talking about this whole time is that if we want to be people who um, are called to mission, we first need to be people of prayer so that we can receive that mission. And so the, and it's, we don't have to overcomplicate it, right? We just got to go away by ourselves and we have to pray. So we are called to worship as a community, go to Mass and do these things, but even Jesus, the, the scriptures are full of moments where he just went away by himself to pray. And um, that's, that's the single most important thing that we can do. And, and if we're not sure how to pray, and, and again, I'll say it again, I think one of the best things we can do to begin listening for the voice of God, to learn to recognize it, is to spend time in prayer reading the Gospels. Uh, I did the math a while back, and there's something like 90 chapters in the four Gospels. So if a person read one chapter a day in 90 days, so three months, they'd have read all of the Gospels, right? And, and so it's just mm-hmm. a good way, it can be a rhythm that we can just like permeate our lives with, with just the Word of God. So yeah, we become uh, people of prayer, and it, it helps us to recognize God. It also taps us into that, that uh, kind of tough part of discipleship, which is the cross, um, which is um, suffering, which in a lot of ways is just... Christian charity, it's, it's serving, right? Real love is, is a suffering, it's, it's a giving of oneself. Um, so it prepares us just, yeah, to serve our spouses, our children, our neighbors, our employers, 
Um, any of those those moments where we feel ourselves kind of filled and brimming with frustration or ready to pop, you know, when we're steeped in the scriptures, when we're receiving life from God Himself, it just prepares us to serve well. Um, and, and, you know, if we filled ourselves up with those good heavenly things, right, then then we become um, fruitful. And, you know, just, just like any good good fruit tree bears good fruit, right, we, we're going to give that fruit to others. And, of course, everybody, you know, most people like fruit, it's nature's candy, so it's easy to hand on. <laughs> um, and then the that service then helps us to engage in our lives. And I, I have found that, you know, whether I'm struggling with um, a time of anxiety or whether I'm just feeling selfish and feel like I have no time for myself, the, the best thing for that, um, the best remedy for that is to start focusing on others more than I'm focusing on myself, which is service. Um, and what that allows me to do is engage directly in the here and now, what's right in front of me. Um, and Jesus tells us he's in the core, right? If, uh, if we want to mm-hmm. encounter Christ, we, we go to serve others. And in that, we become Christ, and we encounter him and the other whom we serve. And so doing that then ties us directly into what does God want me to do right now? Well, I'm, the most important apostolate that I could have as a father is to take care of my wife and my kids. And so first and foremost, I need to let every other moment of my life that I've got to give be an act of service, an act of love, an act of sacrifice, which is real sacrifice. It, it, it is a sacrifice to say, well, I'm going to eat my meals cold for the next, you know, 10 years of my life. <laughs> because I've got to do the things for my kids. For that's a real sacrifice, and we yep. we can recognize that. We don't we don't need to you know glorify it, but it's just the, the gritty, real sacrifice of home life. And so, yeah. So we, we the first pillar being prayer. Prayer prepares us to serve, and then service helps us to engage in the world now. And the bishop had said, uh, well, and I'm going to forget the name of the book, but he had recommended a book when he first started as bishop. And uh, and one of the things that I took from that is that God is in the here and now. He's here and now, and that's where we can encounter him. Serving allows us to encounter him here and now, uh, and to really get to know his voice. So here is me, and here our call and response to it. And so, you know, apostle might sound like a big word, but there's a daily apostle that just is Christian living, and, and something that we're all called to, and we can all respond to in very small and practical ways that build the kingdom in a big way. And I, I fully believe, again, my biggest apostle is my wife, my kids, and if I can raise holy kids, then I think that, that I've kind of done what God has called me to do. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. John, if people want to uh, find out more about you, uh, what's your website? Um, I, I do have a, a personal website. It's john, J-O-N-Con, K-O-N-Z dot com. Or they can visit our parish website at kd.church. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us this morning, John. After the break, we'll talk about yet another pilgrimage idea. Stay with us on Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live.